Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Scott Wurzbacher, and today we're going to talk about connection. It seems that in our culture, nature has somehow become separate from humanity, and this needs to change. Connection is what brings us back together. And here I'm talking about both our connection to nature and to each other. Today's guest is Lori King, author, coach, facilitator, PhD student and adventurer from the United Kingdom, and she has a passion for rewilding people and the planet. Lori has spent her lifetime both studying the wild and experiencing it directly through her own adventures in it. Lori is committed to sharing and teaching her passions with others, and she's discovered that her gifts center around this connection. Most recently, together with Miriam Lancewood from episode 88, she compiled the new book, Wilder Journeys, which brings together dozens of writings from some truly outstanding adventurers. I'm incredibly grateful because Lori and Miriam have introduced me to many of the authors in this book who you've already heard from on this podcast, and there's much more to come. Lori's here to share her own journey and how she came to collaborate with such an incredible group of people through a connection to nature. Lori, welcome to the campfire. Oh, hi, Scott. Thanks so much for welcoming me on the show. It's really nice to be talking to someone with such a similar interest and passion. We do. Bringing people together to share their adventure stories. It's incredible. It is incredible. So, Laurie, for um, the context of the listeners, could we just start and could I ask you to just kind of share an overview of the work you do and where you do it? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm based in the UK, so that's where I do most of my work. Uh, in particular, at the moment, I live in Gloucestershire, um, and that's uh, a part of the southwest of England. Um, and basically, I work at the intersection of personal development and wilderness living and skills. So I am training in wilderness therapeutic practice, and I'm currently running workshops here in Stroud called Wild Wellbeing Workshops. And the aim of these workshops are to get people to connect with themselves, each other, but most importantly, their environment outside um, and receive the sort of mm, messages that come when you connect with your intuition um, surrounded by the beautiful natural world. Also, I am uh, a writer, as, as you have explained, and I was pulling together recently all the stories that are now published in the volume Wilder Journeys. Um, and they're stories of self-transformation, uh, in the outdoors, in the wilderness, because I feel like, as you share this 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 passion, Scott, um, I feel that when people go on amazing self-transformative experiences, especially in the wilderness, they often come back and without being able to have a platform to tell their story, they often go back into the, the way they were before. But having a platform for storytelling is a really powerful way of 
cementing any transformations you've made. So even within the workshops, I follow this same format and people go off on a solo um, supported by the guides and then they come back and they tell their stories of transformation. And I guess the book is a really similar theme to that. So yeah, workshop guide and writer and yeah. is my, my sort of main thing that I'm talking about here. Although I also am doing a PhD at the moment and that's all about people's connection with plants and other wild foods and the different ways that people care for other species, whether that be through a kind of conservation agenda or a foraging agenda. I'm really talking about the kind of effective emotional encounters that come from our participation in the modern human world. Yeah. Oh, and I, I'm going to plug the book here because it is so good. I've read uh, many of the excerpts and I've had the opportunity to, to speak with uh, some of the writers. It is truly like transform, transformative stories. And uh, they're really, I mean, there's some wow adventure stories in there too. Some, some really breathtaking experiences that people have had. So I really, really recommend the book. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, but I want to, I want to note like, this is not a job for you this is a passion for you can you just talk a little bit about that passion yeah sure um well it's it's something i think i've known from a, a very young age um i grew up in an urban environment and i was always fascinated by the outdoors and going on on walks and and yeah about how things grew and i i really enjoyed gardening with my dad when i was growing up um but it was actually school uh, teenage years that I really got into um, the kind of sense of adventure and the resilience that comes from that when I joined uh, the, a group called the Duke of Edinburgh. Yeah, um, cool. It's a, it's a, a large um, national program that happens here in the UK that gets um, young adults outdoors doing expeditions but also volunteering in their community and things like that and that was the first time I'd been camping um, and yeah, learning to navigate and being on our own and trusted to be on our own in the outdoors in the wilderness. And I think that was a really formative experience. And uh, it actually is an interesting, there's an interesting statistic. I can't remember the exact figures, but it's basically if you've had an, a really good experience in the outdoors when you're uh, a teenager, I think it's under 14, then you're, you're so much more likely to be caring about the planet and also wanting to go out uh, on adventures when you're in your adult life. And I think I just got there just in time, you know? Yeah, it's so <laughs> interesting. That amazing formative experience of my peer group um, that really sort of changed the way that I lived my life. And I just thought, wow, I don't want to just be living a kind of indoor urban life i have so much to learn about the natural world and you can only really learn that through participating and exploring and being out there and being curious yeah can i ask you about that because you're the first person just being from the us i'd not heard of the duke and edinburgh award before i wonder if you could just um for my listeners talk a little bit about that and how you came into that mm -hmm. well um it was actually my my friend's at school started the program before I did. So I think you start when you're about 13 or 14. Yeah. Um, and that you do it, uh, there's several different awards. There's bronze, there's silver, and there's gold. And for each of the awards, you have to do a certain 
uh, length expedition, which is like carrying all your own gear and camping and walking and navigating. Um, and you also do community service and uh, what are the other elements? A skill, learning a skill. Okay. You have to kind of accumulate a certain amount of hours on those things and get it lined yeah. off and everything. So it's it's very um, official and bureaucratic, uh, but that's kind of, you know, you learn that that's also how to get um, a qualification or uh, that sort of thing. But yeah, I started, I think when I was 14 and I did all three of the, the awards. And for me, I just, I saw my friends doing it and I thought, oh, actually that seems something that I would like to do too. And when, when I began doing it, I was just like absolutely in my element and um, I hadn't, I suppose, really found the thing I really loved at school. I mean, I really enjoyed art and writing and French and drama, but I hadn't really found the thing that I was really passionate about actually until I went on that on that adventure on the first expedition. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And so where did you go on, on your first expedition? It was actually not too far away from where I lived. I think it was a, a two day with an, maybe one overnight on the first one. Um, yeah, in the local Gloucestershire Hills around yeah. where I lived. And then we went further afield for the next ones. Yeah, but you got a taste. Got and, a taste of adventure, exactly. Yeah. So you said you were you were in your element. That's what your mm. your words were. Can you? What did that feel like? Felt just liberating, and um, I felt free, and I I felt I, I've I've always just really enjoyed um, not having a phone constantly, you know, not having mirrors around, not having TV screens, just being able to connect with yourself with each other and with the environment um having you know seeing different landscapes seeing different species i mean for me that that's just such a sense of aliveness that comes from that uh which um yeah i i didn't know how to access before i'd been on that experience yeah so what happened when you got back from that well i felt i could, yeah i think i felt a sense of um achievement in a way of like yeah. oh wow you know i can do I can do this thing and I that I have access to that at any time you know I now know how to navigate and I know how to put up a tent and yeah I can keep myself safe I know what equipment to take with me and yeah there was a real sense of kind of confidence that came from that um and you know the the feeling you get when you're carrying all you need on your back your food your tent um yeah your shelter and yeah all of all of the things that you need it's just for me that's the feeling of freedom yeah, I love it. It's the feeling of freedom, but I, I love it. It's that self-confidence. It's that sort of like, I can do it. Mm. And especially at a young age, I think that's, it's so important. So did it also come with a, like a craving or a desire for more? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it also, it also came for a des with a desire for exploring more of the world. And as a result, I ended up choosing to study social anthropology at university um because that was that for me seemed like uh a way to learn about the world while also getting a degree um one way of doing it would have just been to walk the world which one of the authors of wilder journeys has done and i've many many times thought to myself i i would just love to just wake up every day and just walk yeah and yeah walking's really really my thing um so to read someone's story that has um actually spent 
a large portion of her life just walking is really inspiring for me but anyway my my uh my way of learning about the world was to go to university and study anthropology and so that's what I did um but in the the holidays and times between studying I, I I went to university in Scotland so I was out in the Scottish mountains hitchhiking wild camping uh and that was a big part of my sort of yeah university experience as well Hey everyone, it's Scott here. Did you know that the members of my real estate team, W Realty Group, are listening to their own voices that call to adventure by setting big goals. Some of those goals include planning trips to Bali and the Kingdom of Bhutan, buying investment homes and running the Chicago Marathon. At W Realty Group, we support and encourage these big goals and wanna help turn them into reality. We're currently looking to add new members to the team. If you know a great real estate agent in the Charlotte, North Carolina area that would benefit from being part of our team, please send a text, an email, or give me a call. And know that when you support W Realty Group, you're also supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening. Yeah, so what I, I really love about your journey is it's just this really nice blend of like academic study, but also the direct experience. And I, I guess I wonder if you could kind of talk us through like sort of that blend. Yeah, um, I think I've, I've always sought balance in that because I, I do find that um, I'm someone that really likes studying and I get a lot from the kind of stimulation of concepts. Like I've got a very conceptual brain. So I think that's also how I came up with the World of Journeys um, concept is that that's just how how I function and I can see themes and draw them together. And I just really like the buzz I get from doing that. I also love learning and reading about other cultures. And particularly, it was always an interest for me how um, other cultures relate to the world around them historically and in the present and the kind of all the complexity around that in the present times. Um, and also about um, healing practices and, uh, you know, different ways that um, communities are working therapeutically with either the natural world or with a spiritual element or modern medicine, you know, you name it. Um, there was a, a curiosity around that. So yeah, I, I always want to keep learning about those things and challenging myself to, I think, be even more open-minded and just sort of curious about how different people's worldviews are and how their brains work and then, but I've always tried to balance that with uh, practical experience. So even while I was a student, I spent 50% of my time studying anthropology and 50% of the time being an environmental activist. Uh, and that was going out and, um, yeah, organizing campaigns, but also organizing a food cooperative and uh, showing films about um, our relationship to the natural world and how it's actually there's damage that has happened as a result of certain ways that we live our lives and how certain corporations are functioning. Um, so that that was, um, I suppose, the balance I struck at that point in my life. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, I'm doing a PhD, and it's about a practical topic, which is foraging, um, and the complexity around sustainable foraging. And at the same time, I'm foraging myself because it's a passion of mine. Um, and I'm also training in wilderness therapeutic practices. And that's a very practice based course as well. Um, you know, learning bushcraft and ancestral skills and cordage making. And that. so 
yeah I've, I think I've all even while doing you know quite intense academic work I still always want to be keeping um, my feet on the ground in some ways yeah so um, something that I'm, I'm super interested in because I love like I love reading books but there's also this element of like I have to go try myself like mm-hmm. it can't just be all academic knowledge and this is what I see like with you is this you know this thirst for knowledge but then I'm wondering like how like that when you get out in nature how it kind of brings that academic aspect together because you know there are there are people in this world that are purely academic there's people in this world that are purely experiential but for you and I think for me like we we bring these things together. It's important to me that, that they come together. Mm. So I'm just curious how like the, the direct experience for you has, has helped you sort of bring that academic knowledge to life. Yeah. I mean, I would always say that, um, pers- like, uh, experiential knowledge is worth so, so much and it helps, um, make a theory into something much, much more meaningful so, for instance, I did study anthropology and I studied Andean language and culture at university. And I was fascinated by the way that people, communities in the Andes related to the world around them and the other animals and uh, the mountains. And then I decided after I finished my degree to actually go there and spend time in those lands and with those people. And then I could see also the complexity around it. You know, it's easy to kind of make something seem quite black and white or maybe that's the wrong phrase but it you can kind of it seems like it's one way and then you go there and it's actually way more complex than you thought but also you see it in some ways living and breathing and um yeah it brings it to life it brings it really to life yeah and you said you went there but you went there for a good chunk of time mm, yeah yeah i went there for six months and i spent time with anthropologists and communities and also just the kind of mm, backpacking adventures as well in the meantime and yeah it was um I'm so grateful that I had that experience because yeah it's it's a real privilege to um be able to spend time studying a culture and then actually going there and experiencing it but also being confronted by how different it was than it was in academic texts and um yeah challenging myself in that in that way but also yeah learning about how others see the world that's always something i'm so fascinated by and uh, so now i'm training in this kind of wilderness therapeutic practice um you can you know till the cows come home i can read about how it's important for us to be out in the natural world and how it's uh how we are nature but um yeah there's a kind of element of um yeah go, going out and doing stuff (laughs) that's needed to like realize your whole place in everything um and i can read all about that but you can only really know um the benefits by going and doing it yourself so part of the rites of passage training that i'm doing uh which um yeah is learning how you transform through going out into the wilderness with intentionality and kind of moving through to the next step in your life with intention you can only learn how to facilitate that through actually experiencing it yourself as well so yeah I would always always say that the experiential part is really important yeah could you 
could you talk about like anything that you sort of maybe expectations that you might have had from your academic learning that were tr sort of transformed once you went through the direct experience? I, I think one thing that that uh, pops out to me at the moment is um, that I'd read I'd read all about the way that um, people relate to mountains and sort of ask for the consent of mountains to kind of climb them or work with them in the, in the Andes and uh, I went out there with that with that knowledge but also the kind of understanding that there's a lot of people that go out and they climb the mountains for a sense of adventure yeah. and I didn't quite know where I, I sat within that and uh, I went out to South America and um, I realized like, I didn't actually want to climb the mountains yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not sure that's actually directly answering your question. <laughs> no, it's great, though, but I love this concept of you You mm -hmm. said the consent of the mountain. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, asking, okay. Well, because um, for, for other cultures, uh, often, yeah, the, the natural world is, is it's animate and it isn't necessarily safe and there needs to be a level of respect. And I think that's really important. And um, yeah i think that also comes that that knowledge comes from going out into the elements and having certain precarious world journeys as well doesn't it yeah you can kind of relate to that mindset why why it is that um certain peoples will think in that way yeah well and then i mean i think that that does kind of answer the question because you know you sort of have these expectations of what's going to happen when you get there and then you get there and you find out well, wait a minute maybe Maybe I don't want to climb the mountain. Maybe I'm here for a different purpose. Maybe I'm here mm. for a different reason. Did that, yeah. did it change for you on your backpacking trip? Like your kind of your purpose and sort of what you found while you were out there, did it change for you? Yeah, I guess when I, when I went out, I, I knew that I wanted to um, spend lots of time in communities and learning about ways that people saw the world. And yeah, when I, when I was there, I think it, it gave me a sense of humility uh, about my own privilege and about how I related to the natural world. Um, and I witnessed how how much respect and reverence there was for the land, yeah, in certain communities. And I felt like, wow, okay, that's something that I want to bring back with me and uh, to foster and to develop when I come back to the UK. Um, and I think I think that what the world of journey stories actually echo some of that as well because there are quite a few stories that were about um how people gained a sense of humility from going out on this sort of grand adventure and then actually learning um learning quite hard lessons and realizing okay there's definitely humans need to come step off the pedestal <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally and and so i mean I want to get into Wilder Journeys. You know, this is a collection of stories from a variety of people that have many of whom, most of whom have had some pretty epic adventures. Mm. And I think the thing is about like reading these stories, you know, me personally, I know I find myself sort of living vicariously through them. Like, wow, like this is incredible. Like, I don't know if this is something that I could do, but then like when you actually go on the journey you know, maybe you have this expectation based on what other people uh, experienced, but you're finding that 
it's your own, like you're finding your own purpose for being there. You're finding your own reason for being there. So maybe those stories inspire you to go, but it's really up to you to have the direct experience and to find yourself when you're out there. So I'm curious, like, as you pulled these stories together, like, did you experience what I just what I just, what I said that I experienced, which is that like that kind of desire to live vicariously through some of these stories. Mm, yeah. I mean, the whole um, sort of idea for the book and the purpose was uh, from a sense of fascination of, yeah, I've always, I've always felt a call to the wild, so to speak, but I've never fully dived in. I've kind of, I've been on many small adventures that fit round the academic studies and working and I was curious I was like okay to throw yourself fully in there to live in the wilderness or to row an ocean like what does that take and what lessons do you bring back for the rest of us and that was a curiosity and I suppose also wanting to inspire myself to go on a similar journey or and bring other people with me on that whole inquiry so it's like, okay, what can I learn here? And what might others learn? What I love about the outcome of it is that every single person I ask, oh, which was your favorite story? There's a different answer. Yeah. <laughs> so people resonate and relate to the stories differently from each other. And um, yeah, I've had messages and also friends that have read the book and they've actually been inspired by one of the particular stories and have decided to do something different in their lives. And that brings me so much joy to hear those little anecdotes. Yeah, Laurie, I mean, I feel you 100% on that. And that's, you know, so much of what this podcast is all about for me um, is, you know, frankly, we've been we've been going now almost two years. And uh, I mean, I, one of the biggest benefits has been like, the inspiration to myself to like, continue to explore and go on adventures. And it's it's definitely an added benefit when I hear other people um, tell me that they've gotten ins excited and inspired to go do something, but you know, it's kind of this double, this, this double wh whammy of, of, uh, of benefit because it's yeah. like, it fills me up. And when I hear other people get inspired, it's, it's such an, it's such an amazing thing. And, and this book wilder journeys has truly done that. Like I've read it and I'm super inspired by the people that you've pulled together. So what's cool is, you you had this passion and this call to nature to adventure you're studying it you're getting out there in it but in the process you've discovered that you have a gift for bringing people together mm -hmm. yes yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah i i that's something that i've really learned through this whole whole experience is um how much i enjoy that as well and um bringing people together in a sort of sense of movement and collectivity and yeah shared ideas and learning from each other like that's that's what life's all about for me and um wilder journeys has done that in more ways than than one because it's also the connections that have come out of the book that is amazing not just the book so if that makes it makes it i mean the reason we're talking now is because of the book right mm -hmm. Right. So I've met you and you're, you're a really cool person and <laughs> we can have this chat and um, that's only like it's a domino effect, right, yeah. of, the, of the book. So it, it felt like just the the book idea was the first domino and now it's like going out of, of control in this amazing way and that's part of the magic of, of life for me. 
It is, Laura. The feeling's mutual, and and I call that synchronicity. What you just talked about—it's mm -hmm. this like string of happenings that where one thing leads to the next, and it's um you know when you trace these things back, it just you know pr tr truly shows us that everything is connected and we're all connected. Could we? Could you take us back to sort of um, the seed of Wilder Journeys and how this mm -hmm. book came to be? Yes, absolutely. So it was two two years ago um, when I dreamed up this idea, and it it almost was a kind of dream up idea. <laughs> but it, I, I'll I'll give you the kind of background context. Yeah. So um, during this summer, um, I just got back from living abroad, and I had suddenly had this realization of like I really have a calling to do this work, which brings people and uh self-transformation and the natural world together and um i went on something called a vision quest which is a four day four night fast uh solo um in the woods and yeah i i learned a lot about myself through that process and uh i i really found it an incredible mm, practice for learning about our interconnection with everything and so after that experience I then went on a training which in which I learned actually with Rupert who you, you have yes me interviewed I went on a training with Rupert and uh, we went off into the lake district and it was a, a day walk and our inquiry was like you know what are my gifts and what I, what can who can I be of service to and we had this same kind of mm, method of going out solo and asking these questions and seeing what we saw and that being information about what our gifts are um if that that's clear it, it is can I, can I pause yeah. you for a second because I know yeah. like me and listeners are going to want to know a four day four night fast in the woods what was that like <laughs> um absolutely humbling and uh confronting and beautiful yeah it, it i felt like there was a shift within me during that time that, like people get different things out of doing these journeys but my my main, the main thing was that it was suddenly so clear to me what was holding me back from living my most fulfilled life and that was very clear and uh there was a sense of kind of life force that came back through me yeah um from that realization <laughs> i mean what was that process like physically i mean mm. you know four days so i'm assuming four days no food but but you had water yeah i did i did have water um it was uh it was actually easier than i thought with the fasting uh that was the kind of least of my concerns i was the the challenging part for me was the boredom to be quite honest uh it was midsummer in the uk and the days are really long and i they were just we had no distractions out there and uh yeah i was alone with no one to talk to no no phone to go on no um place to walk to you know walking is usually my way of being out but that's a very active thing um so i didn't have any energy to walk either even if i could so um it was the sort of boredom that that really got me and that um i think that sense of emptiness you know you're empty of food you've got little energy you're kind of you're on the edge and emotions can uh, rise much more easily in a way and like thoughts and dream world and 
all of that is much closer to the surface. Uh, so you become quite um, sensitive and um, insightful. And uh, yeah, the boredom is another, we don't allow ourselves to get bored enough in uh, this, this uh, society that we're, yeah. we're now where, in. Where does the insight come from? I don't know, that's part of the mystery. Um, but I, I like to think that there's this sort of connection between our own intuition and the outside world and that, um, yeah, we can tap into our own deepest knowing through having the connection with um, the outside world yeah, and being like in relationship with it. Yeah. And was there like, was there a moment during that experience where there was like some sort of a release? Yes, definitely. And it, yeah, the final night I went a bit mad, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm, I'd love to learn more about that. Um, mm -hmm. But we were talking about you and, and pulling together. So it was part of that experience where Wilder Journeys kind of. Yeah. Came, so came so it was this, this summer and then um, I was on a similar experience guided by Rupert, which was actually a training and I realized that one of my my gifts is communication. Uh, there was a moment where I'd, um, yeah, there was some grief about times in my life where I hadn't communicated very well or authentically. Um, and that was feeling quite heavy, but then that sort of moved through me. And then uh, I saw this communications tower and it that was like the, the final destination of my walk and wow. I could see the ocean and, um, like that didn't necessarily make sense to me at the time, but yeah. when I got back to the camp, the guides reflected that back to me and they were like, wow, that's, you know, your, what your gifts are, are also your wounding. And there was some element of feeling wounded around communication, but in fact, it's the gift and the gift of your life. So um, that might um, give some kind of insight to the listeners about what sort of experiences you get when you go on these sort of rites of passage solos, a bit like in the world wellbeing workshops that I run, uh, how you see metaphor and um, yeah, little clues everywhere in the outside world as you move through it with intention. Uh, so I had this sort of, this thing I, I took away, it was like, wow, one of my gifts is authentic communication. And um, I'd also met Ros Savage, uh, who has rode across three oceans solo. And then um, because of my PhD interviewing foragers, I met uh, Fiona Campbell, who'd walked around the world for 11 years. And I was just like, wow, I keep meeting these people with incredible <laughs> yeah. stories. And one of my gifts is authentic communication. Hmm, I wonder what's in all of this. And I guess it was just because of the, the experience of the vision quest, I was in this very open, state of like in receiving of whatever was coming my way and just going with it <laughs> so one day I just woke up and it was literally I think about seven o'clock in the morning I was just like I'm going to create a book um and it's gonna be written by all these amazing people that I keep meeting and it's for myself and others to feel inspired and more importantly because I realized how important yeah being in the in the wilds and being um on your own is for learning about yourself and also your relationship with the outer world and self-transformation i thought wow there must be a lot of um stories that these people have about those very topics so it wasn't just an adventure story um the my main brief to the authors was like tell us a 
about a time when you feel like something shifted within you and um yeah you had a a big lesson to learn from one of your adventures in the wild um so yeah that was kind of where the book idea came from it's a long story but hey <laughs> we got yeah. there <laughs> so how did how did you go about the process of connecting with all these people were they people you'd already met or were you mm. kind of reaching out to people yeah it was kind of the domino effect again so the first few people I, I told you about um I reached out to Roz and she immediately said yes and I was like right okay let's do this and then I reached out to Fiona and unfortunately she didn't have time but that led me to like search for someone else who'd like walked around the world and I came along across Angela Maxwell and she was also just like yeah I'm in and I was like okay wow this is happening now I need to actually do this so um I did a bit of research but I also told everyone I met about this idea that I had and they often gave me suggestions or contacts and some of the um the authors you know put me in touch with their friends so Angela put me in touch with Carl and Miriam put me in touch with Sophie and it, it just sort of happened like that and um yeah a few, a few personal contacts like Hamza Yassin's a friend of a friend and yeah it just some people I I found like I read an article um in Huck magazine about David Milana and his work with the surf school for people of color in the U.S. and I was like wow that is really important as well about representation and um that feels feels like a good thing to have in the book and um, reached out to him and he was on for it. So yeah, it, it was it's a kind of quite random actually how it all came together, but really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, totally. And um, yeah, just the way that, that, that everybody's sort of come together and, and rallied behind this, it seems like there's for you like this accountability that came with that first, like the first person that said like, yes, let's do this. And then, you telling your friends and telling people about it, it kind of almost like there's like no turning back at that point, right? Exactly. And at the moment when I had a few few different chapters in that people had submitted, I was like, okay, now I really need to find a publisher because otherwise it's all in vain and they've wasted their time. And I was like, felt this sense of responsibility yeah. um, to them and also to myself, you know, following through with an idea. At that point, I asked Miriam if she'd like to co-edit with me because uh, I felt like it would be good to have some support and she was so enthusiastic and I uh, was like yeah sure no no worries let's do this and having having her on board was just game-changing uh, she's an amazing person and we work really well together and uh, that's part of the magical domino effect as well is that um, I ended up going to Bulgaria because her and uh, Jennifer one of the other authors who met through the book decided to do a singing in the wild workshop <laughs> nice and, like, wow. and then Angela came one of the other writers and I was just sitting there in this group of people there was 20 20 people that were actually there on this course and they were having a life-changing experience and I was looking at the three Jennifer Miriam and and Angela and I just cried <laughs> I was just like wow <laughs> life yeah there, there's a great quote that you become the six people that you spend the most time with I can't remember mm -hmm. who said it but um, yeah, you surrounded yourself with an amazing group. And I'm curious if you had the whole process sort of laid out in front of you, or was it more just about taking one step at a time and seeing how it unfolds? Definitely one step at a time. Yeah, that's generally how I live my life. Um, yeah, get an idea and then yeah, go go follow that thread and yeah. see where it leads. 
So are you surprised at how it turned out? I'm, I am really surprised because I'd never done anything like that before. I'm not a published author previously um, or an editor and I didn't know how the process worked and I didn't know who would be involved and what it would end up turning out like. And it's just, yeah, it's been an amazing journey. Um, and I think it was just meant to happen and therefore it happened but also with with some luck and and privilege <laughs> so what are some of those um as i would say synchronicities that came out of the book I, th I think it was just the way that it all came together um mostly the synchronicities of like it was a friend of mine that suggested that i reached out to miriam um and when i reached out to her she <laughs> she was like oh by the way one day we can maybe make a film together with this filmmaker and she like sent me the photo of my friend and she hadn't known that he was the reason that I got in touch with her oh too. nice <laughs> I was just like what okay uh this is one of my best friends Miriam and um, yeah sure I'd love to work with you together with him as well in the future and I, we ended up going on a, a mountain trip a few weeks ago with him and his partner and myself because I was like I think these two need to meet because yeah. in touch on like she saved his email and she says she doesn't usually save emails but she got a good vibe or something and saved it for like years and he was the reason that I was in touch with her and anyway uh, that's amazing yeah. mm, that's one of the fun synchronicities and I really love connecting people as well as as you've already said and yeah. um the fact that he'd actually never met her, although they'd been in contact by email a long time ago, I was just like, I need to make this happen. I need to get them together. And for me, once I I got them together, they were sitting having deep chats while cooking on a fire in a beautiful mountain uh, valley with a, a lake. And I just sat back and was just like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, it's kind of like when you did um, Duke of Edinburgh, you said at the end, you kind of felt this sense of accomplishment. And I have to mm -hmm. imagine that completing Wilder Journeys, you've felt a similar sense of accomplishment and something to be really proud of. It's an incredible book. And I'm just curious, like what lessons that you've learned about yourself or maybe how you've changed in the process? I guess it really gave me a sense of trust in myself, but also just in certain processes and ideas like if you um have a moment of inspiration to follow that thread and not doubt yourself because I could very easily have just gone no like I, I could I'm not a published author I don't know how this works I have never done anything like that before this is a mad idea I'm not going to do it um and instead just to be like all right okay this is seems to be what's landed in my brain and my heart and I'm just going to follow it and see what happens and to be courageous in that and to follow those intuitions it's like yeah that was really affirming for me um also I, I suppose more practically um yeah my my ability to coordinate a group of people to create something together um and to follow follow through with something like that yeah I guess a lot of trust in myself but also the wider wider journey of life well um the thing about the book that's great i think for listeners is that um it's certainly a book that you could just pick up and read cover to cover but i think it's also something that if you wanted to you could just read a little bit at a time because it's all individual stories and there's not just 
you know, not just uh, like essay like stories, but there's also poetry. And so it's something that you could have by your bedside and you could read a little bit as you go, or you could read it all at once. I, I, I can't recommend the book enough. Um, what's the best way for people to get a copy? Well, they can go on our website and there's a section called buy the book. And uh, the website's www.worldofjourneys.com. And on the buy the book section, there's a whole list of different retailers so they can choose which retailer they prefer. Great. That's awesome. Well, mm -hmm. I can't uh, recommend it enough. Um, for people that are listening that are curious about you, the work you do, and maybe want to work with you, um, can you talk a little bit more about your work and how people can connect with you? Yeah. So um, I would love to hear from people if they want to co-facilitate something, uh, especially wilderness, therapeutic-based um, also, if they're outdoor educators um, that run programs and they would like an outdoor educator to come along, I also have experience working with young people doing kind of wilderness um, practices like bushcraft and also uh, reflective practices in nature. Can you, can you speak to bushcraft? Mm. Can you just for listeners that aren't familiar with that term? Bushcraft, yeah. So it's, I guess it's kind of like wilderness living skills would yeah. be a lost way to put it, you know, firelighting um, and yeah, basically making things from what the natural world around us provides yeah. uh, without needing to go and buy something or use plastics. Um, yeah. Although there, of course, there are tarps which are made of plastic, but that's, you know, creating a shelter and, um, there, there are various levels of primitive skill and uh, then using sort of modern technology that kind of come into bushcraft. But most of all, it's just surviving as much as possible in the wild using the resources around you. Love it. Yeah. So, Laurie, um, we will make sure that we've got links in the show notes, um, of course, to Wilder Journeys, but you've got we've got some other some other links, your Instagram and, and your web personal web page. Um, mm -hmm. We'll make sure that all of that is included in there so listeners can go to the show notes to find all of that. I'm curious for people that are listening that are hearing your story and, and super inspired by what you do, but you know, I think you, you've said before that you kind of see yourself as a bridge between people that sort of want to get into the outdoors, but haven't really been able to find the sort of courage to do it. What, what advice do you have for, for those people? I'd say just get started, um, follow the calling. And it doesn't have to be, you know, walking the world. I'd say if you feel a call to learn about foraging or plants, then just try that one species, first of all, and you've learned that really well. Um, for instance, I've been learning tracking this year and I'm like suddenly so enthusiastic about tracking and I want to learn everything there is to know about it, but actually my brain can't take on all that information at once. So I've started with deer tracking and, um, that is this year's challenge for me is, is learning all about deer tracking. And it might be that someone wants to get out and they really like cycling and they cycle around their town, but they want to go on an adventure. So it could just be learning how to go bike packing for a few days and just, you know, take it step by step um, or learning if you're into foraging, learning three plants in a year and get really good at recognizing those plants. So it's that one step at a time that we talked about. Just take the next step. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love it. Laura, your story is incredible. I know there's lots more to come from you, but I also know that at some point Hollywood 
is going to find out about your story and they're going to want to make a movie about you. <laughs> so I want to know when they do, who's going to be the Hollywood actress that's going to play you in your movie? <laughs> oh, I'd love to say something really quirky and cool, but I actually don't know much about Hollywood. So I don't have loads to offer, but people often say that I, I look a little bit like Amanda Siegfried in the Mamma Mia film. Okay. Yeah. I totally yeah. can see that. That's great. Love it. So I, she, she, she would be fine. <laughs> okay. Perfect. And what's your, what's your movie going to be called? Um, where I belong. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. Um, I think that for me, there's always been a sense of like, oh, where, how do, how do humans fit in with the wider scheme of things and how do we live well with other beings? And I've also had a personal inquiry of like, where do I belong? You know, is it in the mountains? Is it by the rivers? Is it everywhere? And so I think the, yeah, the, the film would have to have something about belonging in that i love it where i belong starring amanda seafried <laughs> yeah perfect well thank you so much i really appreciate you sharing your story with us today and for those listening i hope you've been inspired today as much as i have i hope Lori's story has encouraged you to listen to that voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next if you have a story to tell or you just need a nudge to create one please send me an email we'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thank you for listening. Lori, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Scott. Really nice to chat with you.